Well, 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 welcome to the mayhem. Dick and Lloyd mayhem. Media mayhem. Market in a mayhem. You might love it, you might hate it. Here's my favorite freaking show. Hey, welcome back. It's Dick and Loy's Media and Marketing Mayhem, emanating from Kansas City and telling stories of Kansas City and national media and marketing stars and the crazy things, mayhem things, that happen as they did or do their jobs. Hey, Loy, who's coming up on this show? We got Jim Aylward, a.k.a. The Cheese. <laughs> the Cheese. Creative director, longtime creative director around town. Yeah. Responsible for a lot of cool campaigns. He's going to tell us about that all right and we'll talk a little bit about the old days in uh the end of the mad men era here in kansas city cool looking forward to jim aylward all right looking forward to talking with jim uh hang on hang on a minute let me get this hello dick it's mansplain humble brag oh mansplain yeah the old ad guy from the 1950s who was frozen in time and has now come out and trying to live in today's world yeah you know, this is killing me. I'm, I'm having a hell of a time around here. I'm downtown. Okay. And as you know, things have changed a lot as I was uh, <laughs> since my mishap at the Chow Lounge. You were frozen in the meat locker. Yes. For 43 years. Yes, that's what happened. Anyway, I am looking all over, high and low, for the Advertising and Sales Executives Club. Um, what in the hell is going on? Where did they move to? Okay, that doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> no? No, the Advertising and Sales Executives club yes downtown gone kaput Uh, right okay listen uh, uh, help me out here okay i was gonna go to the university club and see if somebody Uh, there could direct uh, me to uh, help me find some of these guys i used to know it's not here either no the u club yes not gone oh come on what are you (laughs) you're kidding me no gone that's it i'm going to the uh I'm just going to go down to the Kansas City Club, and I'm going to wait there Uh, until I run into somebody I know. It's gone, too. What? It's going to be a hotel. You're crazy. I know. Sometimes I think this whole thing's just a big joke. Well, let's wander on down to Diebel's Cigar Club on the plaza. Hey, Loy, who's with us here in the Hawaiian shirt? Uh, that strapping stallion over there happens to be Jim Aylward. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, an advertising legend in Kansas City. Longtime advertising guy. How are you, Jim? Doing great, Loy. Thanks. And Dick, good to be here with well, you. Well, good to have you here. You know, you've got so many mayhem stories from your advertising history, I'm sure. I have been involved in a little bit of mayhem from time to time, yes. <laughs> wow. It goes back to And it may happen today. Or, you never know. It right? may break out right here. Well, I'll tell you what, this is... It helps that I have a beer in front of me. You got a beer, got a Hawaiian shirt, you are in the cigar lounge. Okay, quickly about the Hawaiian shirt. It's kind of my shtick. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, I started at DMH, Diamond Merkins Hogan, the agency I was most recently with, uh, Tropical Thursdays, oh. where people would wear their Hawaiian shirts. And the whole point is, just like I feel it now, is you wear a Hawaiian shirt, and suddenly you sort of feel like you're on vacation. It makes work, work less stressful, oh, see? You do, It yeah. eases the tensions. You're more laid back, Loy. See? I, should probably I see you drifting this. off right now, thinking of the beach. I'm just wishing I weren't sitting here in a button-down vest. <laughs> <laughs> and spats. Yeah. Oh, spats, like yeah, that is a little... That's kind of my signature. That is a little iffy, but... So, Jim, yes. uh, tell, tell me just when, when someone says, Hey, Jim... 
what kind of things did you advertise? What accounts come to mind? Well, you know, when you spend over four decades in the advertising business, you end up knowing a little bit about just about everything. So uh, when I started it, from Inc., later Barclay Evergreen, now Barclay, um, it was all automotive. And so okay. any any automotive part you can think of, uh, Purolator oil and air filters, Raybestos brakes, uh, Deco belts and hose, uh, Merrimont mufflers, um, every automotive part we had advertised at one time or another. And then the, the biggest departure from that was ERA Real Estate, okay, which uh, second largest we helped build them to the second largest real estate franchise in the country next to Century 21. Oh, I and, remember that. Yeah. They were a monster. And they came right. out of here, this market? Yes. ERA? The Jacksons, the father and son uh, from Overland Park here, started the company. And um, actually, they were the first to build the, like, 4 by 4 cross-arm real estate sign. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, which really we turned into with animated uh, TV commercials where the, the sign would actually flex a muscle. Oh, I remember that. We call it the super sign. And turned out that research showed it was the most identifiable sign in all real estate around the country. Cool. Is that, or is, was Aylward on that creative team that did that? I was on that creative team that did that, Was, yes. that, was that your idea, Jim? You can tell us. Uh, no, I can't, Lloyd. If <laughs> 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 I tell you, okay. I'd have to kill you. Uh, but so, yeah, uh, that got us out of the realm of, you know, pure, um, automotive. And then American city business drill, the Kansas city business drill was a count of ours. Oh, that, that was, was a, a lot great of, story. A lot that, of fun. That came yeah. out of a uh, back room of the new Stanley, I think. Yeah. In Westport. Doc Worley. And, uh, yes. anyway, um, and that was a fun account too. Um, they had a problem at the time where, uh, they had a lot of pass-along readership, what they call it. So uh, companies would buy a couple of subscriptions, and then the executives would read it, and they'd pass it down the line. Mm-hmm. And they said, we got to end this pass-along readership. We need an idea to get encourage people you know, lower in the company to buy their own copy. Okay. I cannot imagine what the answer to that problem would be. Well, the answer Tell was us. pecking order. Is what I thought of. You know, you don't want to be last in the pecking order, which for some reason brought to mind chickens reading newspapers. <laughs> and we did a TV spot with actual live chickens, had a designer at Hallmark tailor make suits for them, actual suits the chickens oh. wore. Oh. Did a set design with little deck desks with Rolodex on it, which nobody knows what those are anymore, and, and phones. And we implanted uh, chicken feed in the other side of the paper that was in front of them to get them to look like they were reading. They'd peck the paper and their heads would go back and forth. <laughs> oh, man. So you and, were embarrassing, humiliating, and demeaning the people who were getting the tattered yeah. issues. So that exactly. So the chairman Great. Re- reads for all the latest news. The, you know, the vice president reads the corporate who's who, and finally it gets to you just when the next fresh issue is due. Why be last in the pecking order when you can get your own copy for... Well, chicken feed. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, that you know, was... there's a solution to every problem, isn't there, Jim? <laughs> yes, yes. And Is that pro- video problems still floating are floating out there somewhere? Problems are what spark great creative, actually. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. you know, we talked about another another client at Barclay was Warsteiner Beer. 
Oh, and I remember that. We worked with the Denver Importer Agency, uh, and there was Warsteiner nowhere in the country at the time. And the dilemma we faced was not only did no one ever hear about Warsteiner, know about it here, but it was very expensive beer. And there was no way we could get around that, the shipping costs. And Bill Fromm, the president of the agency, you know, went back and forth with the client, and he said, no, you know, I got it. We're going to turn the negative to an advantage, and we're going to call it the most expensive beer around. And I want to make sure now that not only is it high priced, but it, it's got to be the highest priced at any retail outlet. Wow. So, so if you're not the highest price, you need to change it because <laughs> it, his theory was advertising is only supposed to get trial, right? If, if you get somebody to try it once, you've done your job. After that, if the product's no good, you know, that's not the fault of the advertising. So he thought the most expensive beer around for people that like beer, they're going to have to, the curiosity factor, they're oh, going yeah. to have to try it. Have right? to do it. But then we had fun with it. Like we had uh, a six-pack that said low-interest financing available. <laughs> we I had love that. We had a, a couple of bottles or a bottle of beer in an ad that said uh, share a bottle with a friend, cut the cost in half. Or, <laughs> you know, a billboard. It was one of those spectacular billboards with a bottle laying on its side, and it said, imagine what a Warsteiner this size would cost. So, Was that wow. the most fun account, you think? Uh, oh, it was a lot. Well, know? it's a good category, well, Loy. Beer? I, I mean, come on. How can yeah, you Yeah, I know. That? I mean, you, few people know that your name really means he who goes toward ale. Yes. Ale I'm, the, I'm the keeper oh. of the ale. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm an ale ward. That's right. So. Yeah, I do remember you guys, you and your whole crew from B&E. Creating Mayhem? Oh, yes. Perhaps. Westport Mayhem. Yes. These guys, now... I think you chased me off the roof of Buzzard Beach I once, did. Boy. I chased I you off I was climbing up like a chimp. I don't know why. You know, and I, honest to God, there are only two people I've had to chase off the roof. <laughs> One Santa of them, Claus and me. You... <laughs> And Bono. Oh, well, hey, I'm in good company. There then. you go. Yeah. I like you a lot better than I like Bono. <laughs> but I, these guys would show up. How many of you were there? Oh, 25 God. or something At would least, come. I would think. This is back when, uh, Dick, when we were, you were in Westport, I think, at the radio station. Yeah, sure, and Manor Square. Dick was busy being famous. There you he go. He was. Yeah. With, yeah. And, uh, and Aylward would show up, and you can't see Aylward if no, those people listening don't don't know he's a he's a, a big stout fellow with a, a very lovable avuncular <laughs> countenance and he had about 25 uh, mostly younger people <laughs> following him around and they would order i think what you, your standard deal was give us every warsteiner that you have and let us and and we'll leave when they're gone yeah yeah well you know, it was a client thing. They're you had to, had to affect the outcome. We're loyalists in that regard. That you gave us a big boost. Yeah, we we like that. We like yeah. to see that happen. Yeah, and we were really pulling for you to get more beer accounts. <laughs> now, is that beer still out today? Is it, it still is somewhere. Yeah. It okay. is. You can get it. Actually, it's in a lot of uh, restaurants where you go. Most uh, retail liquor stores carry it. Okay. So, yeah. Still expensive. Still expensive. I don't know if it's the most expensive beer around, but it's still okay. expensive. Okay. 
We'll be back with more with Jim Aylward coming up in a few minutes and hear his story about a sports team where their campaign was so successful with them that the team didn't like it. Hey, Dick, let's let's uh, let's go down and get a drink. Let's go down to the lounge. You know, after all that beer talk, sounds good. I'm up for it. Let's. Uh, I wonder who's performing uh, today. Oh, it's you guys again. Wow, huh. cool to see you again, Frank. Hey, Cuba, Sebastian Cabot, hit me with some Jack. You got anything here? I'm dry as a bone. Uh, sure, sure. I'll get you a drink. Yeah, uh, Jack Daniels. What do you think, uh, Frank? Good to have you back. Looks like you've got a few more players in here this time, huh? Yeah, I finally got an orchestra that doesn't suck. Uh, what's what? What's your idea? What's the theme today? Today I'm doing a little number about Amazon. Oh, okay. You familiar with it? I know Amazon, yes. Uh-huh. That's where I get all my orthopedic insoles. Yeah, well, I'm an Amazon Prime guy. Okay, of course. All right, boys, hit it. I've got the world on my screen Sitting in my PJs I'll get everything in less than three days What a world, Amazon Prime, I'm in love I get everything that I want just sitting on my keister And I'll be sitting here till next Easter What a life, Amazon Prime, I'm in love Bezos has all my DNA Knows all the relatives I'm close to He's got my groceries anyway Even owns the Washington Post too I got the world in my door, just sitting in my undies. That'll teach that local store for closing Sundays. Life's a gas, here on my ass I'm in love. Life is a beautiful thing, long as Bezos holds the string. Makes a billion bucks a week. With time to work on his physique I got the world in a box While the malls are dying Don't care at all No, I ain't crying Ooh, what a world Man, this is the life Amazon Prime I'm in love Just leave that love on my front porch, will you? And then beat it. Here's cab fare. Hey, let's head on back down to the Cigar Club and get some more from Hawaiian shirt-wearing ad guy Jim Aylward. What other kind of mayhem? What else comes to mind on some of these great campaigns? Or Oh, gosh. Well, all right. I'll tell you one that created mayhem that I was behind. Uh, so... I was lucky enough to work with um, just about every sports franchise in Kansas City. We worked with Kansas City Chiefs at one time, worked with, didn't work with the Royals, worked with the Kansas City Kings back in the day, basketball oh, yeah. team, the Comets. Um, but anyway, so the Kansas City Kings, that's back when Cotton Fitzsimmons was the coach, mm-hmm. Otis Birdsong, Phil Ford, um, uh, Sam, uh, um, 
drawing a blank. Macy. Now, but, yeah, Lacey. Sam Lacey. Lacey. So they were on the team. And the problem was they played weekends and Wednesdays, and they didn't get a very good crowd on Wednesdays. And Cotton Fitzsimmons was upset about it, and the GM says, you know, we need an idea that's going to build a, a Wednesday crowd. So long story short, I came up with this idea I thought was brilliant. I called Winter, <laughs> Winter Else Wednesdays. The idea was if we don't win, you get to come back and see us again for free. And oh. it worked like gangbusters. Wow. People came out Wednesday. It filled the seats. The only problem was if the game was close. Uh-huh. They didn't then, know which way they were the Kansas City fans started cheering for the other team to score. <laughs> I wondered how quickly so, they turned yeah. when their self-interest, <laughs> yeah. They just wanted to come back for another game. That's right. That's, that's all. fun. But, so that's one where advertising works, but it doesn't work. <laughs> so they stopped doing it? So they stopped doing it. Because that's, I guess that's something you just can't tolerate. Yeah. When, when you're, well, it's mostly Cotton Fitzsimmons that couldn't stand to hear the Kansas City fans cheering for the other team. So. Oh, man. That's a great story. Yeah, yeah. Incredible. We also uh, handled the Chiefs in the first year of Carl Peterson when he became general manager there. And they didn't have a huge budget. It's amazing to believe. So the opening game of the year was a Monday night game against the Minnesota Vikings. And they had $12,000 to do a TV spot. So we ended up doing a stripped down set with just, again, it's the Vikings. So the idea came, yeah, how about the typical Viking opera singer with the Viking helmet, and mm -hmm. the horns in the top, right. and the, you know, the brass breastplates. And so anyway, during the spot, she the hits Valkyrie, up. fly yeah. the Valkyrie, yeah. So the idea is, you know, the game isn't over till the fat lady sings. And she hits this shrill note and carries it for the 30 seconds of the spot until she can't hold it any longer. And her breastplate bop pops off. <laughs> and you hear it hit the ground and roll around like a, you know, uh, hubcap wheel or something. <laughs> anyway, uh, ESPN picked it up. It was only ran locally in Kansas City, but they picked it up because uh, they saw it and they liked it so much and played it nationally. So I'll be that done. was kind of a That's the way to get your bang for the buck. Was yes, the breastplate planned or did it just pop off? Uh, was it planned? Actually, the popping off was planned, but the sound effect is what made it. And oh, that, yeah. that wasn't planned I can originally. Hear that now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, you worked with some people that I think probably uh, a lot of folks would would remember, I'm sure. Uh, there were a lot of talented folks that came out of Barclay and Evergreen from your era that went yeah. on to uh, make make some of their own mayhem in the yeah I community. had a uh, um, I was named uh, Creative Professional of the Year this last year and uh, as part of my going away I guess um, I gave congratulations a about it. well thank deserved you. thank you the thing that um, astounded me in looking back and it didn't hit me till I was put up for the award and I started thinking all these writers and designers that used to work with me and mm -hmm. for me back in the day I did a little exercise myself to write jot down the names of all of them that have become executive creative directors or ran agencies owned agencies or whatever and I got to 30 people that you know used to work there that are now you know, like I said, an executive creative director of some of the biggest agencies in the country. And at least 15 agencies of, in Kansas City, the creative directors came out of the heyday at Barclay. And then I thought, well, if I could influence in some way 
28 to 30 people. Imagine if they then influence 28 to 30 more. That's that's fantastic. So besides the Jim Aylward influence, was there a culture there that was different from other places? You know, or, it felt or was like it, it just Lloyd, the personalities. It, it felt like it. Maybe it was just the the mashup of personalities just somehow worked. I mean, you knew a lot of them. Tom Hansen. Oh, wonderful. Uh, great writer, great creative Brilliant. mind. Uh, Brian Brooker, who's now uh, executive creative director at Garmin. Uh, one of the most brilliant creative minds, you know, I know. Major, uh, major minds, these guys. Paul Diamond, a great designer who then uh, jumped forward to current times, uh, owns a little agency that I ended up my career working at, Diamond, Merck, and Sogan. So. Uh, so many of those names I remember is they were production guys sent over to the recording studio. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. To read. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 And so their agency is... Tell me a little bit about that agency now and well, that agency, your recent affiliation with them. It makes me uh, feel like when I started at Fromm Inc., which was really the name of the agency, Bill Fromm, the founder and president of uh, Barclay Evergreen, there were about 10 to 12 people there when I started. Then they got to, I think, as high as 450 people uh, in more recent days. Was Larry Garrett there then? Larry Garrett was, was my, my creative director. Larry, okay, my one old of the uh, best guys ever. collaborator. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Larry and mentor actually. actually Larry, Larry. Actually hired me there and was a mentor for me too. So I uh, love Larry Garrett. But um, anyway, the atmosphere was the vibe was great, um, and Diamond Morgan Sogan being as small as it was, I felt the same kind of atmosphere as then. Really, it. You know, it grew differently as it, it grows and grows and uh, gets more and more compartmentalized by departments, as we call them. And Diamond, Merck, and Sogan was completely the opposite. There are no walls whatsoever in the agency. Everybody, it's just open floor plan, and people work in, like, four-desk pods together that are on wheels, and we can, like we say, scramble the eggs and move different people around. Just I to, love that. Just to create I, a different dynamic. So it's even more collaborative than Barclay was back oh, yeah, yeah, in yeah. the beginning. Yeah. Barclay and I, I'd say that's very true. It's a lot more collaborative. Now, refresh my memory again again. The youth, the difference when you started and where they are now when they come. Yeah, I mean, my impression from the moment I would interview somebody like right out of school uh, looking for a job is they were so much more poised and professional and self-confident than I ever felt when I was looking. I mean, I was beads of sweat, I'm sure, were pouring down my brow and... Uh, just like now. But, yeah, just... <laughs> yeah, even with the beer. I don't know what's going on. Um, but yeah, they, they just... Uh, yeah, they're just very sharp and course they grew up in the digital age so they know um all those aspects of social media and advertising the way advertising is trending anyway and and i don't so i i ended up actually learning quite a bit uh from working with some of the other very talented people at uh, diamond merkin sogan well they, they they've never typed on a typewriter Jim. right yeah they've never cut anything with an exacto blade They've never inhaled spray mount. They've never waxed anything. Come on. Right, I know. You don't know, know. anything yeah. about the, the they real They haven't worked craft. for it. It was a craft business at That's one time. right, it was. They're yeah. wasting times. They're wasting their time on things like concepts and yeah. design. I, now clients expect you to turn an ad around in a day. At least we right. had excuses before why it might take a week <laughs> or two. But, um, 
Yeah. Do uh, uh, you remember how, all the all-nighters? Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, seriously, yeah. you're waiting. Now, I don't see that as much anymore. That doesn't happen anymore. No. Because it's kind of a constant yeah. quick turnaround. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, you can get stuff done so much faster because of what you said. There's less hand crafting of the aspects of advertising that, and you know this, Dick, too, just the editing in sure. yeah. radio and TV is so much easier. You can look at things 20 different ways now and recut something in an instant. Completely and, changed, yeah. yeah. People in today's radio world have no idea what an editing block is. Right, yeah. Yeah. Huh? yeah. Dick, tell people how Yeah. How, how you edit. When we would do shtick or something and you're splicing well, it Well, you'd in. have to throw everything, music and everything, in one take together, and then you would... Uh, diagonally cut with a one-sided razor blade, the tape, <laughs> and uh, hopefully hang it over your shoulder if you wanted to use it later. it back together. And yeah. maybe didn't get it in backwards, and uh, <laughs> away you went. But, you uh, know, we did some good things back absolutely. then. Absolutely. You were masterful at that. I mean, you've seen it the was, Internet. It, it was an amazing thing to watch. It was. Being edited back then that yeah. way. You know, on the Internet, they've got these people in Asia that, like, chop up fish and things really yeah, fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it's was like, Dick with tape. Yeah. <laughs> he had it over his shoulder, had had some kind of scotch tape and a single and a It was like audio blade. sushi. Yeah. It was. Yeah, yeah. And he sure knew was. right where to... It's like, you're looking at a long strip of kind of brown-gray stuff. How do you know where to cut that? Yeah. I knew that things had changed when I we got our first diaxis machine, which sounds like something that uh, changes your blood around, but that was actually something that we <laughs> edited with. Uh, and the audio looked like an image of buildings downtown in Kansas mm -hmm. City. Yeah. And you'd slide your little thing right. next to that building and cut it out. And yeah. it was fascinating and still is. And now, although I did see this happen even when they were splicing and retaping, uh, you know, Somebody said what should have been a plural, and we didn't catch the yep. S, and you had to find an S somewhere else, just the S, oh, and yeah. add that on. Sure. Of course, now it's easy digitally. Oh, yeah. Relatively easy. Yeah. But back then, it took real skill to exactly. do something like that. Jim, we used to have to manually change the letting. Yo, when, oh, yeah. When the type wasn't quite right. Yeah, and move individual and letters. Letting and kerning, those are forgotten <laughs> words. Yes, anyway. individual letters in I sentences. Oh, and yeah. I, I saw some of those the other day. I was yeah. sitting through a drawer. So I remember that. Was an well, TV storyboards, yep. which you know we used to do, and there'd be marker comps of key frames and things like that. You, you don't. Don't do that anymore. Remember, there you, were, you have there stock were a lot imagery of guys now. You were great can... at that town. You remember Dennis Meek and people? Oh yeah, like sure. That stuff out, right? Like a published cartoon. Yeah, just... they charge twenty-five or thirty dollars for a frame. Yeah, so <laughs> you try to keep it to as few frames as possible. Can this idea be communicated in six frames? Wow, be a challenge. Yeah. And would be in the bar by five fifteen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so some things haven't changed. That's right. And then we'd go back to the office after the bar mm -hmm. sometimes. It was okay but, back then. There yeah. weren't unwritten rules sure. about it. Yeah. We'll grab one more segment with Jim Aylward in uh, just a minute and find out if he was the godfather, the original, of craft beer brewing in Kansas City. Hang on. I've got to talk. Uh, hang on. Hang on a minute. Let me get this. Hello. Hey, Dick, it's Buzz. Hey, Buzz Martini, the sales guy for our podcast. Hey, Buzz, how we, how we doing? Ah, it's not going good. Are you kidding me? I'm trying to sell this damn 
stupid podcast that nobody's buying. And I, I can't find anybody to advertise on this well, thing. Well, wait a minute. I thought we were doing okay. No. I'd, I'd have a better luck finding a, a pair of Birkenstocks at a Chris Kobach rally. Oh, <laughs> be nice. Anyway, listen. The kids, the kids are not listening. We got to do something about this, yeah. champ. I, now, here's an idea. Okay. I, Think about this. All right. The kids are going online and they're seeing pictures of you and Lloyd. Yeah. And uh, frankly, I don't think they like what they're seeing. Well, so, wait a, wait a uh, minute. Here's an idea what? for you, pal. Clip-on man buns. What? I got clip-on man buns for both you and No, no, no. no. Wait a minute. No. No. It, it'll work. Oh. It'll work. I don't know. Um, all right, let's get back down to the cigar lounge. Jim Aylward standing by from the advertising world. Plus, he's going to be one of our initial contestants in the new game show, Germany or Florida. Stand by. Go back to the old days. We had been talking before about um, you know old times and and uh, sort of how a- advertising grew up. And I think of people like Bill Fromm, um, you know, owner of the agency, uh, Bob Bernstein. Herb Valentine, Earl Radford, mm-hmm. Jim Barrickman. They were the real giants and pioneers of advertising in Kansas Absolutely. City. And they did everything on gut feel. Mm-hmm. You know, what their gut told them and their marketing instincts of what customers, you know, want to hear. Um, now everything is Google Analytics, you know, and research. And in some ways, I think that kills good creative Uh because you end up second guessing and going with, so research only tells you what people think about what they know, right? It doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't tell you how they'd react to a new and better, more creative idea. So in some ways, I think that's stifling sometimes to, mm-hmm. to do everything by research or analytics and not let, not let your gut. Rule. You're right. There is that danger that it empowers the people who operate in that world of what is. Right, exactly. And, and the people who are, Sort of. Hey, we're simpatico. We're yeah. on the same brainwave here. We are. You know why? Feeling a little funky. No, I don't. It's the drinks. Aha! <laughs> uh-huh. But yeah. you're having wine and I'm having beer, so I don't yeah. know how that works. Anytime yeah. you need to take a pause and take a drink, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, don't let us <laughs> well, since here. I've been drinking, I may need to take another pause. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> After a bit. Now, but, you, speaking but I'm of okay drinking, right now. now I, you know, not that drinking has anything to do with advertising. I mean, by you know by nature or anything, but I, you actually were a, as many of our, Dick, I don't know, this is I don't a know trend. What's coming. Yeah, I don't know what's coming. You were in the bar business. I was in the bar business. In yeah. Westport. In Westport, of all places, yes. And with, with Kyle. With Kyle Kelly. Kelly, yes. And the gentleman that, that Bob Reagan and I sold the buzzard to, Exactly. And, what a sordid and world we yeah, were in. Yeah, it's wow. just, and I'd forgotten about that. that yes, was, Mill Creek Brewery. You were way ahead of your time on that thing. I know, yeah. So it was right at the beginning of sort of the craft brew business starting out. She uh, came to us from places like Portland and California and, and Colorado and uh, hadn't really hit Kansas City yet, so... Yeah, there was a market for it at the time. 75th Street Brewery was the first to open up. We were the second. And then McCoy's, uh, right across the street in Westport, was the third uh, brew pub to open. But then the market kind of died after that, although 75th Street made a run for it. They only recently closed, and McCoy's is still in operation. But they Uh, have changed a lot. 
They have. The they have concept change became a restaurant. But we were talking about earlier today, you can go to the crossroads and find 10 microbreweries in yeah. a oh, three yeah. or four sure. square block area. So it's really taken off since then. So, yeah, being ahead of my time, Loy, didn't work out for me. Well, that's one of the things about being a, a visionary, <laughs> uh, you know, a yeah. trailblazer. Uh, yeah, I know, I know. Taking those arrows, and God, I got... I you know, let I me, let me see arrow. your back. You yeah. got more oh, scars can, on your back than them, I yeah. do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, we talked uh, a couple episodes ago about um, when did it change that you cannot tell your wife that you're unhappy because her coffee is bad in a commercial? <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I mean, you started at the end of the Mad Men era. Yes, yes. And things change. Did they change before you got there? When, like Dick said, the man ruled the roots. Where, yeah. When yeah. did that tone change? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I can't tell you exactly, but yeah, during the, as you say, the very tail end of the Madman days, which people still don't understand, everybody smoked. When I started at yes. Prom, I didn't smoke. And I felt like I had to. Everybody in the agency smoked. There, there were at ash, their desk ashtrays piled high on their desk, and we're talking about the uh, landscape, the the shorter walls, and so that there was no hiding the smoke. It was everywhere, like a cloud. But um, you just got used to it, or whatever. But it was still a day where everybody had a little bottle of booze in the desk mm-hmm. drawer and go out for mm-hmm. you know nooner martinis and. It was all yeah, it was searching time. for that build for creativity. Yes, that's what it was. Dick. Yes, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, it's funny the change. I don't know when it happened. Yeah, the sensitivity uh, and the treatment of women in advertising, how they're represented, and then it became it went the other way, where the guy was the stooge the in all the commercials. He's mm-hmm. the yeah. bumbling mm-hmm. idiot, and actually, some of that is still. That's yeah, still on day. On, so it's yeah. okay to make fun of us older guys. Well, we deserve yeah. it for all those years yeah. after we, you yeah. know, uh, fought in the war and everything. <laughs> thought that we what owned war the, was that? Yeah, fought, thought we owned the world. I guess <laughs> yeah. when I say we, I'm I'm talking yes. about the male of the species. That's all. Okay, I got you. I'm with you. I've, I've decided to maintain that gender. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very At wise. Till now, I'm looking for an angle. Always okay. Well, an Dick angle. and I'll be. On the alert if anything changes. Yeah, we'll be the first to know. Yeah. My type. Uh, What other stories? Anything else in there? Oh, gosh. Other clients? I don't know. There there are tons of stories. We talked about Vic Jolly earlier. Tell us about Vic. Yeah. So um, one of our clients, uh, again, at From or Barclay Evergreen back in the day, was Bumper to Bumper Auto Parts, a little franchise a little auto parts stores and um we hired a guy named vic jolly oh he was great who was a good talent he's probably what five two five three but was that height or width three yeah i was gonna say 350 pounds Uh, and so Mm -hmm. forth but just a real regular guy and he he's he struck us as a perfect auto mechanic so we we said this guy needs to be our spokesperson uh, for bumper to bumper, and even his name, we love the name. So uh, he was Vic the mechanic. We had you know the uniform made up with a little Vic 
oval patch on his shirt and yes. uh, campaign was take it from Vic and he helped us uh, sell auto parts and did, that was a, did a great campaign. job. How long did that one run? That one ran about, uh, I'd say six or seven years and was actually uh, quite an award-winning campaign. We won uh, three uh, Clio awards, which at the time were, you know, the uh -huh. Oscar of advertising. And then we won quite a few uh, local Omni or Addy awards. Um, both radio and TV and stuff with Vic as the star of the campaign. He was such a comical. Yeah. The, the face, the whole thing. And I was he, lucky he enough was... to work with uh, Gordon Jump, remember WKRP oh, and yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, and, Gordon, and, yeah. And he actually later became the second generation of the... Uh, Maytag, Maytag, yeah, the lonely repairman okay, or whatever. Right, and that was great. But uh, he did spots for us for Merchants Bank, uh, which is no longer around Kansas City. But Frank Morgan ran that years ago. That's right. I got to work with. <laughs> I should got to work with. It was quite an experience. But Gilbert Godfrey, Gilbert, oh, man. okay. Uh, he was the voice of Model Sporting Goods. Um, that was very interesting. And uh, Sam Kennison. Okay. Did, sure. Did uh, spots for us for Missouri Lottery. Wow. Really? And actually, we did a radio commercial with Dana Carvey before anybody knew who he was. I mean, he was doing uh, comedy, uh, you know, Second City and uh, so forth. And our producer sort of found him, and he did some spots for us for Hellsburg Diamonds, I believe. And he actually did a church lady kind of routine. He didn't call it the church lady at okay. the time. I All think right. it was prior to that. So he was working on. Oh. I'd like Holy to think cow. we helped in evolving the church lady. <laughs> I have no but, idea that he was that a campaign or just a one-off. That was a one-off, yeah. Wow, but very funny. Um, way back in the day for Hellsburg Diamonds, it reminds me radio. We were looking for a silky smooth, sexy voice, but very trustworthy and so forth, and uh, found the perfect guy, beautiful voice, Chris Ford who is Harrison Ford's father. Mm. And back in the day, he was a great theater-trained actor, and uh, we would do foam patches with... He was in L.A. I'll be darned. But, yeah. Now, when you Little were, boy named Harrison. Were yeah. you involved in casting as, yeah. as creative yeah. director? Yeah. Would you guys go to L.A. or California or Chicago or, or all three? All, or, yeah, all over. And who were the agencies that you'd work with in L.A. and, and New oh, York? Oh, gosh. You know, Lloyd, I, I don't even remember the names. It was William names, Morris, yeah. of course. William Morris, yeah, of course. And then probably... Uh, See, you know all those because you've had experience in that regard. Uh, in L.A., I, I've never yeah. worked in the New York market or Chicago. Yeah, yeah. I just that wanted... usually the the actual transactions and uh, you know getting in contact with those people that falls on the broadcast producer, which comes with underneath the creative director. But and I don't know if you remember Dan Welter. He, of course, he was a broadcast producer. Yeah. Dan knew a lot of those. Uh, Agencies and talent. He's well, the now one Dan's that, still around. He's the one that discovered uh, Dana Carvey. No kidding. And Sam Kennison, for that matter, too, I think. Is he still in this market, or do you know? I think he is. I haven't heard anything about Dan in a while, but I, I believe he's still working here in Kansas City. Wow, that's interesting. I Back in those days, I was mainly into the uh, art direction, and but I played golf with Dan. He was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of funny. So, 
you were in the art direction end of things. I didn't know that. I began I, that. I know you do great it? character voices. Well, thank Maybe you. Maybe you could give us a couple of your oh, yeah? character voices. Yeah? Uh, <laughs> uh, what would you like to hear? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Surprise me with something. You're uh, supposed what, to be creating what mayhem. What you got going? Maybe I could uh, do a live audition here with Dick. <laughs> well, as you know, I'm actively retired, Lloyd, so I don't have a campaign in the works right I've now. I've got but... an idea. Why don't we do... Dick is a game show host. Did you know that? Oh, no. no. Yeah, he has. He worked with Dick Clark. Uh-huh. Out in, in Hollywood, right? Yes, uh-huh. You... Uh, well, Dick, I, I got a game in mind. Yeah, Ooh, this could be interesting. Germany or Florida? Germany or Florida? All right, we need a theme song. Let's hear it. Germany or Florida? Germany or Florida? Germany or Florida? Things are so effed up there. All right, so all right. Germany and Florida. Uh, Jim, all good mayhem. Yes, sir. In the world that you read about, I'm I'm talking about bizarre stuff. Comes out of Germany or Florida, or Florida. One of the two. One of the two. I think this the wine a, and the beer is starting yeah, to set in here. Actual news article here. Can I push a buzzer somewhere? <laughs> yeah. Eh. Oh, sorry. Oh, I'm thank test, you for testing being, the yes, button. It does work. Yes, thank you. When a 27-year-old uh, man sat in a first-class seat he didn't pay for. The flight attendants tried to move him, and they were startled when he told them that he was a pilot and wanted to sit in the pilot jump seat. Concerned, they removed him from the plane. He then followed an airport employee with a cleaning cart onto a service elevator. He got off on the main floor, took off his pants, and got on a $75,000 luggage tug, telling the driver he had a flight to catch. Frightened, the driver bailed, and he drove the vehicle onto a taxiway. A firefighter later tackled him until police arrived. An airport spokesman said a few jetliners had to hold while things cleared. He was arrested without pants on grand theft and trespassing charges and posted bail later. All right, Jim, is that Germany or Florida? That would be Germany, Dick. Oh, no. See, I thought so when he took sorry, his pants off, he Jim. changed into lederhosen. Uh, no? <laughs> it probably been a better that, story. Yeah, yeah, I know the logic, but, yeah. you know, you just right. can't tell with this mayhem because yeah, that's well, what it is. Jim will take our prize today and add <laughs> another prize to it, which is oh, nothing, good. and try another person in the future. So, but, Jim, right. hey, you know what? You're a winner, though, overall. Well, thank you. I, I mean, feel A, like you a got a beer. B, you Here's are great. Here's the deal. Yes. I got a beer. You got wine. Dick is being good. Um, uh, but hey, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't see. Dick is enjoying a little wine. <laughs> yes, yeah, he's right. he's good. pulling his out of a brown bag so nobody that's can tell. It. Yeah. <laughs> back that yeah, back in the day yeah. that was the way yeah. that's the way he rolled, as they mm-hmm. said. Exactly. So good luck to you, Jim. Thank you, Dick. Man, oh man, it's a pleasure Lloyd, talking. It's been great. Yeah, yeah, we need to do always this more good often. To see you. Absolutely. Maybe next time we all wear Hawaiian shirts and we drink Bahama Mamas. Amen. <laughs> Done and done. All right. Well, that wraps it up here, Lloyd. Another great show in the can. Another Dick and Lloyd's <laughs> media and marketing mayhem. That was fun, wasn't it? What's Dick? coming up? What do you think? We've got a great guest next week. Uh, a former U.S. attorney mm-hmm. named Barry Grissom. A lot of folks know him. He's from around here. He was the uh, 
He was a U.S. attorney from 2010 to 2016, and he has taken an unbelievable career turn. This is a surprising. Oh, yes, yes. At least that. In fact, I'd almost be given away by saying you'll never believe it because you'd start guessing. You'd probably be right. <laughs> right. Barry Grissom, our next guest on Dick and Loy's Media and Marketing Mayhem. You might love it. You might hate it. It's my favorite freaking show. 